0: Oh God! <laughs> Look at us. Look at with us. Our royalty-free countdown music. It's just incredible. Uh, each and every oh, yeah. time, it's the same, but it's still just bangers with a Z. Multiple. bangers. It's like some
1: Jeopardy music, but just a little bit more. A little bit more. A little bit more, little bit more fun. Uh, uh, yeah,
0: I mean, I don't. I don't think Jeopardy is royalty-free though, so we could we couldn't use that one. But
1: we overall, can, we can get away with it. <laughs> who's gonna stop us? Who's going is to? Is Ken Jennings going to come out of the woodwork and stop us? No, we're okay. free, men, free country. Vito, we're back again. We're back to discuss everything and anything. USF Olympic Sports, USF Athletics. It's the roundup. It's giddy your up. host. Yeah, you're <laughs> giddy up. It's your it's your host, Robert Glide. It is your other host, Anthony Vito. We're back. We're alive somehow from Mm -hmm. Gasparilla, um, which is just the, the best, best thing about Tampa by far is just Gasparilla being the the greatest parade in not even the southeast. I can't even it's not better than it's not better than. Mardi Gras. Who needs? Who needs Mardi Gras? No. Who, who? needs Mardi Gras? Everyone's on boats.
0: They're throwing beads. You're drinking rum. You're having a good time down Bayshore. Who doesn't love it? Unless you live down there, maybe then you don't love yeah. it. But even then, that would be fun.
1: No, it's it, and and with Bayshore being the the longest like continuous sidewalk or whatever it is in the United States, it's just absolutely perfect. It is. It, it really? is the most. But it's yeah. It's I think it's the longest continuous sidewalk and like the country and it's like it's absolutely perfect for a parade like we we went down there for maybe like i kid you not like two to three minutes um because we (laughs) realized it's it's just massively i mean this has become the new thing that everyone does you know to to end january or anything like that but yeah we went down there, and i was like god damn like this is a massive parade and of course the second that we get to the parade the USF float is is floating on by, and I was like, "It's a sign from God." I'm wearing my my USF hockey jersey. This is this is the greatest moment of my life. Is Rocky the Bull? You know, wearing his pirate costume. Oh yeah, oh, that that Rocky the Bull pirate costume is is gonna get its run one of these days. It's gonna become like the new. uh it's, it's gonna become an icon, and we need more. We need more for it. We need to have that in more occasions. Like, if we're like ever right. playing, like, ECU just to, like, fuck with them and just have Pirate Rocky, needs to happen. <laughs> I, I See, I'm all about that, and I think it was Carl, shout out Carl Z, um, who coined
0: the term, maybe not coined, but said in an article once, Gaspar Rivalry. And to me, I like that, and they need to really lean into that, because I think, I don't think the ECU cares. I mean, we have the Pirate ship anyway. Do the whole Gaspar rival- Rivalry thing. Get Rocky in the Pirate costume. Make it a good time. Get the
1: parrot. That- that's what i i want in the news in this new american athletic conference which i know we're all eagerly awaiting it um i want more just stupid rivalries between these schools like nothing nothing serious nothing you know we're not fighting each other in the stands or anything like that but like between like usf and utsa having like two of the more famous river walks like that should be a trophy of some sort between usf and ecu with the with yes greatest thing ever between usf and ecu having this weird pirate shit going on there's no pirates in greenville south carolina north carolina where whichever no. carolina it is you're at right the first we're the time. we're is the rightful. I, don't <laughs> I don't there's too <laughs> yeah. many Greenville. we're the rightful heirs to having piracy and the fact that we have a, a conference mate that has stolen this from our pride lands. shameful um just w- between the nerding out of usf and rice uh, Academics-wise, huge rivalry there. <laughs> yeah, needs to uh-huh. happen.
0: I love it. Yeah, I'd see, you know what? I for one am excited because you know what? You get a whole new batch of people to play. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, we're gonna make new friends. I, I for one choose the high road on this, <laughs> and with the playoff expansion, l- l- let's have some fun. UTSA, what is it? They also have a River Walk. Let's do a River Walk yeah. off. I want to hang out with a Road Runner. That sounds like fun. Let's go to San Antonio. Why not? Right. actually you know what I'm really excited about is going to our friends in Charlotte because I know Steeg. that is your
1: favorite airport. I fucking just there there's two things I hate in this world. It's the Charlotte airport and the idea of going to the Charlotte airport. <laughs> Both of them just I, I can't stand that airport and I, I made it very clear to the guys that run the uh, there's uh, our friends over at agent 49 they're a kind of like similar to what the Daily Stampede is now where it's more of like a discord kind of uh setup, but um, and they're agent 49. How about that? Agent 49, which by the way, they're up to like 52 uh, football recruits. They, once they passed 49 football recruits, they were like on cloud nine and then they got <laughs> it right after that and they ruined it. Um, But no, they, they, <laughs> I made it very clear to them. I don't hate them. I hate their airport. I would fight them in that airport. <laughs> I, um,
0: I've only been to Charlotte airport once and I don't have that, you know, anger towards them, but I I, I will give that to you. But I am looking forward to playing Charlotte. One team I I still wish we were able to get on board was Georgia State. Yeah, because if I can go to Atlanta more often, I'm okay with that. Atlanta's a great Ah. town. Georgia State's pretty cool. They have an area called Pantherville. I want to live in Pantherville. That's pretty cool.
1: They, uh, I think it was it. It wasn't a miss, and we <laughs> we're getting off on a huge tangent here, and I don't care. <laughs> um, it wasn't a miss by the conference to add Florida Atlantic because Florida Atlantic is is got a respectable basketball program going right now. Usually, uh, you know, pretty consistent uh, five to six win team on on the gridiron. Um, but they really should have looked at Georgia as kind of completing this because it feels like that's just a void now. Mm -hmm. And I I know it's scary to kind of go ankles deep in Atlanta, um, but I I would have loved like a Georgia State uh, in place. But I'm not also going to complain about Florida Atlantic because (laughs) frankly, uh, their men's basketball team is really, really good. Um, God bless if they're able to keep this sustainability because if there's one thing I know about mid-major basketball is the second that you become good, your coach is about to make a lot of money. They leave, <laughs> and guess what? In fact, I believe it was Georgia State who had
0: Ron Hunter before he went to Tulane. So there mm-hmm. you go. There's your full yep. circle. Um, yeah, Georgia State was great, and we've heard on and off that they probably didn't want to come. Any of those Sun Belt
1: teams didn't, but we digress. Steve, it's, it'll be fine. How was your Gasparilla? <laughs> oh, it was good. It, it was nice. We we didn't do the whole shebang. And I, I think the smart thing to do for Gasparilla, if if you don't know anyone that lives there or anything like that, is to just accept the fact of get there at like eleven to twelve to one o'clock. Like that's the sweet time. Don't if you're if you're between the ages of eighteen and twenty three, then yes, show up at six o'clock in the morning, like the degenerates you are, and try to drink for as long as you possibly can. But for the rest of us who <laughs> who have adult livers now, uh, it's so, it's so perfect to be done with everything by like four o'clock. And I think that's the beauty of Gasparilla is that four o'clock hits the parade's basically done. There's nothing else really going on just, and then, and then you head home and, and, you know, you, you get a little food and you get a little McDonald's. Um, we ended up leaving to head back around like three o'clock after, or actually it was a little bit later. that. It was about four o'clock. And just, we went to shuffle over here in uh, Tampa Heights, got some food in us. We oh, went over there. We went back home for a little bit. I made some people some coffee. Um, then we went to another bar and, and, and it was perfect. And we were home. It was eight o'clock. And I, I looked at Paige and I was like, I've been drinking for like eight hours. I could go to bed right now and feel great. And I did. I, I woke up today, played pickleball at 7am. Life was good. Life was grand, actually. No hangover, nothing. 7am pickleball is that like 7am 7am first serve or 7am you get there uh (laughs) frankly we rolled in at eight o'clock it was me and jake sansom um friend friend (laughs) of the blog friend of the uh friend of the discord at uh uh, do crimes jake (laughs) at do crimes jake uh absolute (laughs) golden gem of human being my my golden retriever king but yeah we we roll in at like eight o'clock and, uh, you could tell that crowd was a little bit <laughs> hung over and there was a smell of rum in the air, but, I, uh, I love it. You're sweating out the
0: rum that you had before. Well, you know what? I'm going to, um, I'm going to parallel what our, our friend Astro Bowl 67 says. I'm so proud oh, of you.
1: Appreciate you guys. I hit my, uh, my Fitbit goal for the week already. Great moments. Great moments in the Stieg life. Uh, Vito, tell me about your Gasparilla. I didn't go to Gasparilla, my friend.
0: <laughs> what I did do is go see the band that performed at her wedding, Whiskey Sonic, at a new place in Brandon I never heard of. Um, now I'm I bl- I'm blanking on the name. J.F. Kicks, maybe? That might be it. J.F. Kicks, yep, that's it. That was pretty cool. It's got like a little patio. There were some dancing pirates there who came after Gasparilla. That was a good of old course. time. But I always love seeing that, hanging out with the... Uh, uh, hanging out with my my wife and her family and uh, we had a good old time. But yeah, we decided to bypass Gasparilla this year. Um, just not saying that I'm getting older, but as you're getting older, sometimes you don't want to party all the time and uh, was uh, just doing some other things. But yeah, I mean, that sounds like a good time as always. Um, it's good to be able to go out, have a good time, come back early and not stay out all night. I, I I applaud that 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 is a full on adulting, my friend.
1: It is. It, it is responsible. We had McDonald's at the end of the night too. It's so good. So great. You can't, you can't go wrong with that. McDonald's is just perfect after a long day of drinking. That's so good. But there was a there was a point to this, and the tie-in to USF at least is who whoever at USF athletics looked at the calendar of events and everything like that, and decided that this weekend was going to be the come to the Bay event for non, the non-Tampa Bay uh, high school juniors and sophomores and freshmen that they're targeting and you know have that kind of be the, the day that they're doing that, genius. Just absolute genius. Because that event was over at like... Yeah, it was over at like 2 o'clock, I think. And not saying that any of those kids made it over to Tampa or, or to Bayshore or anything like that. But now you kind of... Are explaining to them the glory of living uh, in the Tampa Bay area, and you have one of the coolest parades and one of the coolest uh, festivals going on at the same time. And oh yeah, you get to tour our brand new indoor performance facility, and you get to you know be part of the team that is going to have an on-campus stadium here. Genius, so good, so at good. The, Whoever did it, and I, I,
0: I, I mean, brilliant on the come, come to the Bay, stay at the Bay doing it two different weekends to be able to work with, Hey, people who are local and then people who are coming from out of town. I think that's really, really neat how they're doing that, doing the come to the Bay for Gasparilla. I, I just wonder if that worked out the way it did, or if that was um uh specific because like, Hey, it's Gasparilla. We're going to bring the out of towners here just, just to show them that, or at least see it. Um, But it's one of those, the IPF and you're seeing all the photos having the, you know, Light up letters with all the green lights and all the panache around it in the IPF is just so fantastic because I know you you do that at the stadium as well. But having it in that state in the um, indoor performance facility, I mean that you have something to bring all of your recruits to, and that is just absolutely huge that it's open at this time with a brand new coach. It's like it's it's showing. But I mean, it looks great when you see those photos out there, and it looks like everyone's having a good
1: time. Oh, they they made sure that that lighting in there is just impeccable. I don't know. <laughs> and And speaking of those big lights, and I promise we'll get to the Olympic sports in a second. The company that does like those big lights for like these recruiting events, oh, they've made a killing in the last year. I don't know what they charge. I don't know how much it costs to do that, but I, I can imagine that it's it's not expensive to maintain those, but or to get them, I should say, um or make them or something like that, but to like charge, let's just say, you know, a 50% markup on like a letter. Holy shit, you're making like a hundred bucks for an S. And you all you did was just put together like five light bulbs in a plastic outline. Oh, you want to add vanity light bulbs? Guess what? Extra 20 bucks.
0: I mean, easy, but it looks good. It just, it, it's, it pops. I don't, I don't, again, I'm not sure when that started or how big of a trend it is, but it, it looks good. I right. mean, it, it really shows that, you know, recruitment matters. So it does. <laughs> As we talk about, um, as we see how many guys visited this weekend, we're going to find out later this week. Uh, we have a few special things for uh, National Signing Day coming up. But for right. now, we're going to pivot to what this show is really about. Steve. Yes. Oh, it God. Oh,
1: God. Gonna i you going to start with the bad much. or you want to start with the good? No, we're, we're going to start with the bad because, well, <laughs> it's, not, it's not all bad, I should say. So we'll start with men's basketball. Um, and... We hadn't we we haven't done this show in about a week and a half, and a lot of things have happened in a week and a half for USF men's basketball, both the good and the bad and the really ugly. And we'll start with the good side of things, and and in fact, there's a lot of good that happened early on last week. So the the SoFlo Rodeo, uh, the the student led but also USF athletics affiliated uh, student section has been taken off in full swing right now and it's been really, really good for the home crowd, especially when you look around the rest of the conference. It it, it has made a difference. Some other schools are not benefiting from a lively student section, and there's a lot of question marks about what's going on, uh, how they're investing and everything like that. We will say a lot of bad things about USF Athletics at times. We try to maintain positivity on this show. USF Athletics helping endorse the SoFlo Rodeo is the smartest thing that they have done. It was a very self-aware thing that they did, and they looked at themselves in the mirror and said, we need to uplift this and put it into a positive you know, stance and everything like that. At first, you can shit on it. You can say what you will. Oh, hiring a guy to build a student section? That sounds stupid. No, it's genius because there were so many UCF fans that were hurling stones at USF for doing this. And then they turned around and had, and I shit you not, 10 students in their student section for their game against Temple. There's a difference and there's a culture being built at USF and it's welcomed. And because of that, Vito, I'll let you.
0: I was going to say the one thing that. Like, I'm not sure how long this was going in the process, but it kind of came out in the middle of the season, kind of a few games in the conference season when it really pitched out, hey, SoFlo Rodeo. And then you really saw it and it almost immediately had an impact. It did. So what what they were able to do and I don't know how much lead time they had, how much how many meetings, how how much they had with the students to bring it up. It happened almost immediately from from a public perception. So I. I'm fascinated by that because you're able to take a student section for a team that isn't particularly good and hasn't been historically good. And now you're packing, now you're packing the place and I I give it to the students for football. They were packing the place for a team. That's only only won three, you know, FBS games in three years. Like that's the one thing where, Okay. If you can get the students involved, those are now going to be fans for life. And that's how it really kind of keeps going. You need to really right. work to bring the alumni back, but if you can keep the students going and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm astounded. And I'd love to talk to, um, the fellow who started this, or I bring on. Soflo rodeo representatives to say, how long did you have this lead time? Cause it went from zero to 10 immediately without any kind of what it appeared to be marketing prior.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. And, and it's one of those things that sounds so stupid, but it, it's just a fresh brand to it because I think the whole the herd was getting getting kind of stale. And for them to kind of re it, it. Yes, I know everyone hates the slime. I know people have problems with the slime and, and the connotation it has to the UCF rivalry and everything like that. But if we can now pivot that slime into this is something that the students can wear the student section and, and have that be the thing for it, that's even better. And to tie this all in together, the men's basketball team whacked UCF and men's basketball, just decimated them. Hilariously and so, like out of they, nowhere. I don't know what happens once a year for USF men's basketball, but they, they put it together for that UCF game every single time at home. I think this is the fourth straight victory for our men's basketball team over UCF. So at, at the at the England Center, I have to clarify that. So it, it, honestly, a, a great performance by USF uh, the entire way through, and it's led by the fact that they did the little things right. Um, but unless, we, yeah, it, it did go zero from zero to a hundred very quickly for them, and and for the students, it, I mean, it really only takes about a hundred students to show up to the men's basketball games to make a big difference like that. And God forbid if they start winning more, that student section's going to have to expand, and they've never had that happen before. Um, but going back to the UCF game, the Bulls did the little things right, and by the little things, I mean they hit free throws. Um, they had 22 free throws in the game. Uh, they shot, uh, they made 20 of them. That's 23 points that USF was able to kind of put together to put forth a 13-point victory over UCF. They won 85 to 72. Harris went for a career high. Tyler Harris has been a gem pickup for Brian Gregory here. Career high 33 points on a got uh, six three pointers out of that and then shot just an insane amount of free throws. Um, Chavon got a game high 12 rebounds and we out rebounded UCF 41 to 30. And usually, 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 if USF can out rebound the other team and USF can get more free throws than the other team, they'll usually win usually it's one of
0: those those things end up having issues which is why they can't close out games or why they end up uh, having uh, dug themselves in deep holes and we'll get to the other couple games that happened because those things occurred but when you're able to, to click on all those cylinders you get a game like this where you win by 15 points against your rival and um It was just it was incredible because every time UCF would start climbing back, Tyler Harris would knock down a three and it was just him and Russ. And I I mean, at at one point, Keyshawn Bryant had like a ridiculous dunk as he does Uh, it. it, it, That that was perfect. And it was like the same as last season where (laughs) uh, USF didn't win a conference game and then (laughs) they beat UCF out of nowhere at home. It's just, thump, oh, OK, thump. if this is what we're going to do, that's why it's like. The rest of it don't even care. That was hilarious and that was fun and everybody got dunked on and it was hilarious. It, it, it was uh, it was it was definitely a fun time. It was one game. And yes, it's one game and it doesn't you know, it is what it is, but it's really good to kind of have that, you know, get right game against your rival as well with the SoFlo Rodeo with with the attendance being as big as it was. To be able to see all that and put a game together, because now you can say this is what the blueprint is. It's just getting all the guys to be able to do that consistently. And that's hard to do. I mean, as, right. as we've seen.
1: And by the way, uh, I need to point this out before I forget. Yes, we're matching. Uh, <laughs> not planned. Uh, and we're, we're we're leaning into it at this point. Um, Homefield Apparel. Homefieldapparel.com. But as you mentioned, uh, not not everything was rainbows and butterflies for USF men's basketball. Uh, they traveled up to Philadelphia to take on Temple. Uh, they lost seventy nine to seventy six in overtime. And again, usually if they're free throws, if they out rebound, they win the game. They did not hit free throws. They did not out rebound out rebound the out. and they lost because of it. And I'm going to go back stat sheet because i i had it up and then i turned it away um it's becoming this reoccurring issue with these brian with a brian gregory coached men's basketball team and it's very unfortunate because when they do put it together it is a very efficient offense with a very very stout defense when they put it together but they very rarely will put all four phases of their game into action usually one or two of those are faltering at any particular time and as a result, something like this happens where USF could have, should have won this game. Uh, again, 79 76 loss overtime. USF shots eight for 21 on free throws. If you hit 50%, you win the game easy.
0: You could even hit less than that, uh, and they and and this is with they came back. They were down six fairly late in the game, and they were able to string on a couple baskets together, and they had the final shot. And then, unfortunately, your best shooter Tyler Harris just could not find his stroke that game. So right. they found other ways to get it to overtime. And then at that point it was, it was just too late. They weren't able to continue that, but it's free throws, man. Like that's, you have a, you you're probably your best free throw shooting game against UCF. And then you turn around and it's, it, it, uh, it, it's an enigma. It's very, it's, it's, it's hard to, to see. Cause it's like, you, you, you try to fix it. it how, like, how
1: do you fix free throws? Season? It's season. It's one of those things. It's at some point because that's been the story of USF for the past six years. But um, uh, Russ from from USF's rivals uh, website pointed out the way that Temple kind of managed that game was very different than the way that the UCF game went, and and that was probably the cause of the the free throws issues. Because for the um, for the UCF game, it, it was very guard oriented, and so Tyler Harris and Jameer Chan, I think, shot. 20 free throws combined. And the only other person that shot a free throw was Russ Chaywa, who missed both his. So USF went or Tyler Harris went 13 for 13. And I think Jameer Chaplin went seven for seven. And then Russ went out for two. And then was, I mean, it didn't matter at that point because he only shot two free throws. But then you turn right around and against Temple, where you know they're they've got more big men on, on Temple's roster. They were kind of bullying in the inside and everything. And so Russ had to shoot more free throws. And I love the guy, but he's not a good free throw shooter. And that's kind of the the biggest issue because then at that point, you know, you look up and down and Russ Chaywa went, uh what was it? Uh three for eight on free throws. Um, Keyshawn Bryant, three for eight on free throws. Both both of your of your big guys shoot under 50%, and it, it sinks the rest of your team. Tyler Harris. Went, uh, only shot two free throws the entire game. Jameer Chaplin, no free throws, and Heinz, no free throws, St. Miguel, no free throws. Like, again, free, these are these are free buckets. If you it sunk 90% of them, like you like you did against UCF, you're winning this game by eight. And then you don't worry about
0: it. Well, <laughs> like, at that point, it's a tactic. It's okay. If they're inside, you, you obviously count who has how many fouls. So you don't get do that, but then you try to don't give them the easy bucket. Cause Russ is really good with, he'll kind of, he'll do the hook shot. He'll be able to make some moves to get on inside. But if you just stop them from shooting and make them shoot free throws, then all of a sudden that it, it becomes a, uh, it becomes like, yeah,
1: exactly. It's a free okay, that he gets on the hook. Doesn't happen. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> exactly. So it, it it's hard to, it's hard to emulate how to fix that. And this is Temple straight off of the, their win against Houston as well. And they went, you know, they, they're at home playing on the roads, always hard. Um, but yeah, that game was just, uh, it, it, you, you got it to overtime by scoring the last six points to get it there. And that's, that was great, but it is tough.
1: And and the worst part is the second I think that overtime started you just you knew there was no way they would they were gonna win it you knew they could not pull it out they they were just something riddled inside of me that just said yeah, it's over I mean they'll 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 crawl back like they always do this is a very this is one of the best teams that Brian has put together but they suck at defense man they they cannot defend and it's frustrating at times because then you have a, like today. Um, so, again, Temple, pretty good at basketball this year. I think they're second in the conference. Uh, they only have two conference losses to Houston. Or th- Yeah, they lost to Houston earlier in the year and then Tulane. So, a pretty good team. And then USF plays a very comparable team, uh, SMU, who is having a very down year at this point. And, again, you, you kept it close at the end, but you did a lot of really bad things for the first five bets. And so, USF lost to SMU today 82-80. to 80. And it's much of the same forever. Poor free throw shooting, getting out rebounded, or or not getting enough second chance points, and then just not being able to defend uh, efficiently is what does them in. Um SMU was historically this season had been one of the poorer uh field goal shooting teams in the conference, and they shot over fifty percent today. <laughs> like that's USF luck this year.
0: And uh, the Bulls actually offensively looked really good. They shot 46% from the field. They shot 33 from three. Uh, Tyler Harris was back on. He had 23 points. Uh, He was five for 10 for three point range. So it's just, you were able to get that. You're able to bring it all the way back too, because you were down by 12 at halftime. And I think as many as 14, 15, and you bring it all the way back. And you just, you, you, you can't, you can't close it out. But again, when a team is going to go ahead and score 50% from the field and 43% from three, I mean, if I just looked at the box score, I would assume that we got that USF got blown out. So the fact that they kept it close is pretty phenomenal. And and, uh, you said it, they have, uh, this is probably the best offense. And yeah, I mean, I'm including the CBI, here, the best offense of the, um, Brian Gregory era. It's just now the defense isn't as um, constricting as it was before,
1: right? And it's it's a testament to the the, the different style that Brian Gregory had and uh, basically installed over the last two years um, this Princeton style offense. Like he he finally has it rolling instead of that hero ball we saw at the CBI championship a couple years ago with you know David Collins or whoever else, it, it was hero ball. It was, it was, you know, dry and paint, go for the foul, shoot free throws, win the game, um, which for a poor free throw shooting team just doesn't seem right to do. But it, it's, it's a more refreshing style of offense, but there still just doesn't seem like there's cohesity on the offensive side of things. It seems like it's it's really just things. It's Tyler Harris being hot from three. It's Russ Chayvall in the middle. Uh, hidden bunny hook or anything like that. And then kind of guys, Keyshawn, Brian, Sam Hines, um, Son Miguel, whoever else it is kind of providing support. It's, it's ironic because it reminds me a lot of what the USF women's basketball team's game plan is with um, Sammy Pousis and Dulce and, and uh, Shanek but like it's just not ran as efficiently because there's no set plays that these guys run. It's it like, oh shit, like shock is winding down. Are we able to get the ball inside? We'll give the ball to Russ. Uh, can we, you know, can we not get it inside? We get Tyler Harris shoots it from the logo. Oh, we have an extra couple of seconds on the shot clock. Get it to Keyshawn Bryant and see if he can make magic out of it. it. It's a lot of infuriating minor details. And it's it's part of the reason why there probably needs to be a fresh start for USF next year. Um, again, we try to maintain positivity and not say the 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 F word. Too much uh around these parts but <laughs> different effort different effort <laughs> the, the different but we we try to steer away from 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 that because that's not who veto and i are but it is at a point where we can kind of say definitively this is who this team is they will score 80 points the other team will probably score more than 80 points and we're this i mean today they went 11 for 16 on free throws Again, if they shot ninety percent like they did against UCF, they win. I mean, I'll take eleven
0: for sixteen. What I'm what I'm amazed if you actually look at the box score here: uh, seventeen to two on second chance points in favor of USF, twenty to thirteen points off termovers in favor of USF. Uh, they have more bench points: thirty to twenty-two points in the paint, thirty-six to thirty-four fast break points, sixteen to fourteen, and I, still lost. But SMU had five players in double figures. It's it's hard it's hard to win like that. Um, this is just a game where offensively they look great, and you put this offensive performance in some of the other losses earlier in the year. I mean, heck, against Temple, you're probably going to win that game. So this is just one of those right. really bad situations where you had you 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 played one of your better offensive games, and then one of your worst defensive games, and that's just like you said, that's men's basketball at this point. It's what you know what what team's going to come out. I still say, at least right. this year, only one time against Cincinnati they got blown out in conference play. Whereas last year it was almost every other one. I mean, he's got the team playing. I don't know. It's 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 tough to see, but like you know, it's year six.
1: Yeah, and and this is the most talented team that he has had, mm-hmm. like probably by far. I mean, Tyler Harris and Russ Jay alone are 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 good enough. But you know, you add a guy like Keyshawn and and Seldt Miguel on this, and Sam Hines, who's been a re machine. This is a really, really talented team mm-hmm. that is nine and thirteen, and it probably, I think, uh, what is it? They have a, a handful. Yeah, they will not go unless they go on an absolute tear. Will not go over five hundred in conference play for this sixth straight season.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah, Ugh, unbelievable. One thing I will say, Tyler Harris is fun to watch, and he is a very—I mean, probably one of the better shooters USF has had at least since I've been watching. He, when he is on, he is on. Guy, guy hits it from the logo. It's finally great to have a three-point shooter who can shoot like that. I just uh, right. It's you know when he's on, he's on. But when he's off, he what happens against Temple? Only four points.
1: And can't have that. Uh, Can't have that at this point, at least. Um, But you know, it's time to talk about the better skill. It's time to talk about the better basketball team. Tell us about it. We're going to
0: talk about the, uh, women's basketball team who is still completely undefeated in conference play has won 10 straight on the road after their wins against UCF, against Tulsa and against Memphis. Um, Nate and Seth already talked about the absolute, absolute, absolute destruction of UCF, 83 to 51. Um, they got slimed. They just dominated the knights in every aspect of the game, went wire to wire. I just read that straight off the sheet that that Steve made. It was it was great. You know, Chenecki 21. Dulcie went 18, 18, and 13. She is a walking double double. Every time she's in that gym, she is going to get at least 10 rebounds and at least 15 points. And I know we talked about is she better than Betty? This season for sure. I think this season Dulcie is went on a is on an absolute tear. Um, and then uh, Sammy and uh, Brito, 12 and 13, respectively. And let's talk about the emergence of Carla Brito, who's a freshman. And she she continuously get is in the starting lineup, getting more and more minutes. And we're, I think we're going to see her scoring go up. Um, she has been really phenomenal this year as a defender. Um, so after they beat UCF, they went on the road to Tulsa, which at the time was the second uh, place American Athletic Conference tournament team they did recently lose to Tulane so they're no longer undefeated but they went into Tulsa and beat the brakes off of them too 89 68 and Tulsa's a good team uh now they're kind of on a little bit of a downturn but uh they were the second best team in the conference and they went on the road and they just beat them uh used a strong 30 to 8 run in the second and third quarter to uh carry the to carry the team and again keeping those strong third quarters this is one thing that USF women's basketball I don't know what Jose says at halftime but even, even if the other team starts crawling back, the third quarter, th- they take the reins and they end up creating the the, the deficit for them. And again, when they're shooting, they are on and they can they can shoot in many different ways. Um, and then yesterday they beat Memphis 67-62. Um, so this was at Memphis. This was a tough game. Uh, Memphis is good defensively. Uh, but they only had an 18-17 advantage in the third quarter. That's the smallest advantage third quarter advantage they had in conference play. So so Memphis knew that that they needed to to win that and they nearly did. Uh but uh they they were outscored 21 to 15 in the fourth. Now, listening to the game, USF kept having this nice strong lead and then eventually it would dwindle and then they kind of kept Memphis at arm's length. But Memphis has a couple really really good players um uh, including one of uh they had a player who's uh, knocking down threes. They they just um, played their heart out, but USF was able to come out with the victory there. And this is another victory, Stieg, like uh, the Houston game on the road. You're playing a really tough defensive team. In years past, USF might find a way to lose this game, but they were able to they're able to keep these these teams at arm's length to be able to get the victory and 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 that to me is is incredible it's hard to win on the road especially when you know you're on a 10 game winning streak it's hard to go on the road again and win in conference especially against you know decent teams um but yeah Elena had that uh, Chenecki had 23 points Dulcie 17 and 13 um her ninth rebound of the game was actually her 1000th career rebound between Memphis and usF um, and the announcers were Memphis announcers she, her being at Memphis before they congratulated her that that was a big a very big accomplishment for her. And that was also her 50th double, double of her career as well. So Dulcie is doing an incredible, incredible job on this team. And then Sammy four for 10 for three, from three point field goals for 14 points. Um, not as much as she normally gets, but again, they can win in many different ways. Um, Memphis had more points off of turnover, second chance points and fast, pre- fa- fast break points, but bulls held um, for the victory and it is their 20th victory. So the first in the conference, the twenty. Uh, they're still undefeated, and uh, next up they have ECU on Tuesday, who is sneaking up at near the top of the conference. And then they play SMU on Saturday as well. Um, at this point, they—I mean, they already were—but there's going to have to be a massive, massive drop off for them to lose the conference regular season conference tournament or conference championship rather going into the tournament because everyone has at least two losses.
1: No, they, they they control their own destiny in in multiple ways at this point, and really they they would be their own worst enemy at this point. I, I don't think that there's anyone else in the conference that's even close to as talented and as deep as this women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if they lose it is going to be on their own accord. It's going to be them not knocking down threes. It'd be Dulce fouling out early on and, and, and not getting that depth help because they do have the, the deep bench to put together like a kind of a, a clunker win. Like they, they <laughs> would normally lose. Um, You know, I, I remember a few years ago when, you know, the women's basketball was pulling out seven gals to play at Houston and two of them fouled out in the mm-hmm. middle of the third quarter and they're running, you know, five woman press and was good at the end of the game and Houston was good. Mm-hmm. And, Houston was good. And, and at this point, they, again, they are, they are one of the deepest teams in the country, you know, when it comes to getting points from all over, they, they and, have enough. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I was
0: going to add, like you mentioned, uh, for the bench, uh, Daniel Gonzalez, the freshman, uh, got scored 8 points yesterday against Memphis played 6 minutes so she even is putting in uh, some time and Maria Alvarez is still only kind of inching back from her injury so she only played 6 minutes um but it, the, the more reps you can get especially the freshmen uh, th- this team is deep and they're very very good i mean the, the, what the difference between this year and, and years past is they can beat you in multiple ways and they know how to grind out a grind out a win if they need to uh play really hard defensively and get a lot of down low baskets from Dulcie, or if they want to sharpshoot with Sammy and Elena can do it all. She can mid-range jump, right. she can shoot threes. She made an incredible three, like practically from the leg, like watching her, her uh uh drive to the basket, drive through the lane too.
1: And um unlike men's basketball, they're really good at shooting free throws too. Yes, uh, they are. That is that is the key to this team is that they will sink their free throws.
0: hmm so uh, they're fun to watch. This is the best team on uh, on campus right now to watch. And if you haven't been to a women's basketball game, please go. Please support Jose's squad and please support um, uh, the women's basketball team. Because if it goes the way it goes and they are able to run the table, win the conference tournament and get the, uh, their, get the regular season uh, conference championship and also go to the tournament, who knows what's going to happen. Um, right. I think it was over here. Rank them, you cowards. Uh, they so came they, in twenty fifth in the coaches' poll, but eight, coaches, not yeah. yet. Um, but to me, it's like you're playing like this. Maybe it's a chip on your shoulder type thing. Maybe don't right. rank them. <laughs> um, just seed it, them appropriately. <laughs> it's right. just one of those. I like, think their four losses are against teams again that teams that were ranked, and they had Ohio State, who was undefeated at the time. Uh, I think they ended up losing last week, but they had them on the ropes, and they should have won that game but they haven't right. they, and they're undefeated at home which is just incredible.
1: Yeah, they they've got that home spurt going. Um yeah, they at this regular season rankings don't matter especially when it's basketball anymore like unless unless you're rattling off like a a a you know 27 game win streak and you're playing up against you know Campbell and some other clunker schools like schedule the non-conference tough because at the end of the day, you know you run the table in your own conference. You win the you win the conference championship. You're going to be seated. You should be seated appropriately. Um, they're getting seating and projections as high as I've seen sixth, um, and and actually quite a favorable region as well. That would be amazing, yeah. um, But I mean, at this point, I'm I fully expect you like the women's basketball team to be seated eighth, and they're playing like Iowa. And like, that's, that's the luck that they're going to have is that's, that's how things are going to roll for them is that they're going to, they're going to end up playing either like a traditional powerhouse or like the hottest mid-major team in the country. Those are yeah. their two options. They're they're not going to get like a, a middling Kentucky team. They're not going to get like anything like that. Um, they, they should be ranked. Uh, they're going to get ranked, uh, especially if they keep this up, but just went out. I, I I don't care about the rankings went out. That's mm-hmm. all I got to do.
0: Yep. Just take care of business and do your thing. Get the double, bring the championship back here. And then we'll, we'll see what the cards are, 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 are held. But again, they, they, they took it. Ohio state to the ropes. I mean, at this point, this team, you know, could be, and they played NC State hard. It's it's one of those. This team might be different, but you're right. I always I have nightmares again with that Buffalo um, first round. They were they, were, uh, they played the 11 seed in Buffalo and got smoked because Buffalo is really really good and we're misranked. Yep. Um, but go women's basketball. Uh, two games this week, and uh, we're closing in on conference. The end of conference play.
1: It's amazing. It's amazing how quick these basketball seasons really go. Um, thank God in one aspect and. Uh, <laughs> For Jose to just keep on recouping and rekindling like this, it's incredible. It's I, I never, I never worry
0: about it. And just one last shout, I mean, Jose is really great. Uh, he came out to the patio, a couple, I mean, pre-pandemic, and had a nice patio cast and talked to everybody. And he's just a phenomenal coach. But he's he's stuck around. I, 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 you see, even with UCF, when Coach Abe left, all of a sudden that changes the entire trajectory of that program. Like if you, it's it's hard to it's it's hard to just completely reload in women's basketball, especially if you're not a a power. I don't want to say power conference because power conferences isn't a thing in basketball or yeah in women's basketball. But when you're one of those power programs, it's hard to reload. So I'm just I'm I'm really happy that Jose sticking around. He's making Tampa his home, and um uh, he's just incredible. He'll always go out and get get new people and to 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 reload and
1: f- fun time. Just a fun. Oh, year. so good. And, and in, I I owe him because uh, I need to talk to him about uh, some traveling this summer. So I need to talk with him here about about <laughs> Spain and his recruiting ventures out there. And I for that man for as international as he is, I mean he scouts probably the best international I think I've ever seen. That's the mm. staff that he's put together. They're phenomenal.
0: Well, well, coach, if you have any um tips on Italy, um, I'll, I'll be there in a couple months. Oh,
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who? Uh, from Italy yep wasn't she yep. yep yeah i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna just plan my entire trip around the uh the fiba uh <laughs> world championships or the fiba uefa championships just for jose so you can meet us <laughs> out there there you go <laughs> um uh switching switching to the to the other sports for for a little bit here um so we'll start with men's tennis who uh good weekend <laughs> yeah good little weekend so to, to kind of give a recap of what's been going on. So men's tennis uh, traveled down to Boca for uh, a little uh, play in tournament there against uh, Florida Atlantic rice and UC Santa Barbara, UC Santa Barbara. And they lost all three of the games uh, all three of the matches. Very non uncharacteristic of, of an Ashley Fisher coached, uh, you know, bracket sport team. And Ashley Fisher, someone replied to the Twitter account was like, yo, what the fuck? Like, how do you go 0-3 against Rice, Florida Atlantic, and UC Santa Barbara? Like three not very traditional powers. And Ashley Fisher, God bless that man, was like, we'll figure it out. And they did. <laughs> so
0: he's, he's one of those coaches that first weekend take with the greatest to halt because they always figure it out. Them and men's golf, they always figure it
1: out. <laughs> they always will. That's why you never worry about those early season tournaments. They're whatever. So started the year 0-3. Uh, this past week uh, and a half, they went 4-1. Uh, it, with much, much better showing. So now they're back to 500. So basically toss out the first three weeks or the first two and a half weeks of the season because it doesn't matter at this point. Um, they started with a, uh, a midweek matchup against Florida Gulf Coast. Uh, they won that game f- or they won that match five to two. They dropped the doubles points, um, but they got singles victories from uh, Eric Revellius, Alvin Tudorica, Bruno Oliveira, and God, Thomas, I'm going to have to message you to figure out how to pronounce his last name. Thomas Pavlikovic Smith and Elijah Cham all won on their uh, single sets to to secure a victory for USF there. I think you nailed it. Yeah, Pavlikovic sounds right. Pavlikovic. It looks right. It's I, I can't tell if it's Serbian or what. It's it's Eastern European. I'm going to have to figure it out. Um, so they, they, they got the positive momentum going and they just carried that even further they thumped Georgia state uh 7 nothing uh they swept every single court no one dropped a set hey uh Stieg, what is um i mean
0: that's incredible that's amazing what are the panther uh, t- what is georgia state's mascot
1: the panthers panther <laughs> leave um <laughs> so oh man it's uh, that was for Heath only. Um, and then they <laughs> they continue that positive momentum. Uh, they beat Stets the Hatters five to two, won the doubles point. Uh, got one. Got wins out of uh, David Torterra, Alvin Tudor- Tudorica, Elijah Cham, and Tom Pissain. Uh They're kind of Mitch matching some of these uh, matches that they have. I think there's they have a pretty deep squad this year, so they're going to do that quite a few times. Um, yeah, the Heath only. Uh, And then they turned right around. They had a tough match against Florida this past week. Uh, Florida top 20 nationally, one of the best teams in the country. Historically, one of the best men's tennis programs uh, of all time. Yada, yada, yada. They lost four to one. Uh, Those weird midweek matchups, they usually don't play all the sets. They usually only play until um, they have enough points to secure the victory. Didn't take very long for Florida. Unsurprisingly, but Alvin did win his game, um,
0: which was great. And that's—I mean, he's he's probably the the ace on the team, and uh, him getting a victory against Florida is just—it's inc- incredible for, for him yeah. and the program.
1: And uh, who was it? Uh, Bruno and Thomas Parklovic, uh, they beat the number ten duo in the country as well. Uh, During the doubles point. I forgot to mention that. So two really good uh, victories there. But again, it's it's Florida. They're deeper. They have like, you know, six guys that are in the top 30. So whatever. Um, But they didn't let that bother them. They had a weird like mid year midweek matchup against SMU today. Um, And or no, not today, yesterday during Gasparilla and they won. Uh, they had a nice come from behind victory to beat the Mustangs, uh, a historically, again, historically, very good men's tennis program, usually competing in the top 50 at any particular time. Uh, they lost the doubles point and uh, they lost on set or on a court two very quickly. So down to nothing uh, by blink of the hat, but they were able to uh, rekindle it. And uh, the true freshman, Elijah Cham, our new uh, handsome Australian to replace, um, I can't even remember his name. Holy shit, I'm blanking. I'm blanking, who is too. It? Oh, my God. Who was our handsome Australian king from last year? He had a mustache. God, I I hate myself right now. I should have written this down. Yeah, um, but, yes, out. Drew, <laughs> Drew Freshman, out. Elijah Tierna, Tierno? You know? you know? No. Vito, I need you on this. But he, he won on court five to secure the victory uh, in a tiebreaker set. So good little victory to bring the Bulls to four and four on the year uh, as it currently stands. Um, I did not look like their composite. I don't know when they play again. <laughs> so uh, you were um, you, you were referring to a uh, Mr. Chase Ferguson. Yes, Chase Ferguson, our handsome king. Uh, if you could pull up a picture of Chase Ferguson, I'd, I'd be in your endeavor.
0: Let's see uh, I think that'll do
1: he had the biggest glow up of any USF student athlete um, I've ever seen from like his freshman photo to his like senior year he went from like hi my name's Chase um, I, I w- I'm here for bio 101 to like I'm here to handsome man my goodness <laughs> gracious that headband too so good
0: oh right Love you it. can see me scrolling <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh go to the historicals actually. We got like nine minutes. Yeah, the his uh the uh the, the tad there. Yeah. Look at his soft bar photo. Look at that. <laughs> Chase Ferguson, and he was also very good at tennis. <laughs> very very good at tennis. Um, so uh they have oh yeah, we're about to be in February. Shit, forgot about that. They have their next game on Friday against Middle Tennessee State. Uh, They're traveling up to Tennessee for a couple games up there in uh, MTSU and then against Memphis. So they've got a a weird little schedule coming up here. And then women's tennis uh, had their first match of the year. Um, Lucky draw. Uh, Congratulations. You have to play the University of Florida in women's tennis Uh, again what are they a top 20 team like every year? Yeah. Just about there. They're just as good as their men's program. Usually sending, you know, Olympic Olympians there as well. Uh, so they lost that six to one. So they played the full, uh, because it was kind of like your first of the year. Uh, <laughs> Sierra Barry pleasantly, uh, won her single set and dominated her uh, opponent there. So that's very welcome. Sierra Barry, It was a, a welcome transfer, um, for our women's tennis program, she's been just a gem, and and she's also on like I think three of like our uh, student athlete committees as well. So she's just a gem of a human being, ten out Let, of ten.
0: Last season, she was routinely, as a true freshman or uh, as a freshman, was uh, winning her matches. Even though women's tennis as a whole uh, didn't have a great year last season, as from for the record, she was always on top. Sierra Berry is uh, has a very bright future, and winning six one against anyone from Florida is again just an outstanding feat. So, we're looking forward to seeing uh, what the whole program can do and what Sierra Berry does uh, going on in the future.
1: Yeah, she they they definitely need like a, a, a at least a good partner for her, and then maybe like two or three more uh, players here. And I think this uh, this team would actually be very competent, very good, because Sierra Berry can kind of secure your ace win one way or another. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, and then also shout out to um, Marta Falsetto-Font. Uh, she, I think she played like the top five, like a top five uh, lady from the uh, University of Florida. Uh, got into a third set tiebreaker before uh, things started to collapse. There, and I think she lost 10 to five there. But uh, she battled hard. She's a true freshman as well, who's... Doing pretty well for herself. Uh, Not a great draw for your first start of the year uh, against like a top 20 team. So, of course, uh, they turn right around and they have to play Florida A&M this Friday. So should be a better outcome, I hope. I think they lost against Florida A&M last year. So (laughs) (laughs) We'll see what happens on uh,
0: Friday, but it's good you get a game in um, and then you turn around, have a week off and see what happens uh tennis schedule is always always very interesting to me Uh, i did notice in the men's schedule they 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 tend to work regionally which is really nice Mm -hmm.
1: they'll play like tournaments uh around certain areas so like like men's tennis starting the year at florida atlantic for like three games there they're gonna go up to tennessee for a couple games there they'll do like these regional pockets and then they'll start conference play they'll play random conference games too it's i don't understand tennis scheduling uh, tennis rankings are also the weirdest things. Uh, yeah, the IT
0: rankings. You have, you Wait. have noted you could be like a five hundred team but still ranked. <laughs> yeah, a, and then oh, you no, have the, the individual rankings where it's like, oh, this is the number, you know, twenty doubles team, but the overall team isn't ranked, or the singles team, or you know, singles players are ranked, and then they'll go to national championships when the team isn't. It's it's all very interesting, and I can't imagine uh, being on those ranking committees trying to figure that
1: out week to week. Oh, it's like the net rankings for basketball. It's it's done the same way. It's done every 24 hours. They re-rank like just out of nowhere. I remember at one point last year, um, the men's tennis schedule, like every team that they played, they went on, I think, like a five game win streak um in-, in conference. And like every team was ranked and they did not move up in the rankings at all. And then they lost to SMU to like end the year, and they moved up like 10 spots. <laughs> I, I I did quality loss, it. my friend. Cool. Quality, loss. yeah, high quality loss. It was it's weird. Ita, I don't know what they do there, but um, yeah. So Alvin, I think, is like number sixty-seven in the country right now. Um, mm. I think he's the only player that's ranked. Maybe Sierra might be getting ranked soon, but we'll see. Um, yeah, they've got some matches this weekend. Um, we'll see how they can uh, if men's tennis can continue the positive momentum and uh, if women's tennis can uh, put together a, a good little win streak here.
0: Yeah, it's still early in the season, and, um, well, we'll see what happens. So, track and field. Yes, TNF did well this weekend. You did remember correctly, Mr. Wizard. Your boy, uh, Kobe Babin, won men's pole vault. Hit a personal best of 5.23 meters. That's very high. <laughs> that, that's, how is that in feet? I, Hold on. I, I just, talking. like, I, I think about that with the way the pole vault is, and just... I, they're coming down
1: yeah that i don't get it uh, that is uh 17 feet that's a long that's a lot oh, that's a man. high fucking jump
0: you gotta you got learn how to fall nicely i know it's cushioned but still
1: <laughs> i i always think to like those fail videos where the guy like lands on the pole oh, yeah i hate it i hate it Okay,
0: uh, so speaking of Baker, finished eighth in the pole vault. Um, and Romaine Beckford again won the high jump with 2.18 meters. A again, casual just casual casually just jumps. jumping super high. Romain Beckford's great. Uh at, at he's breaking every record. Uh like I said, the the field part of track and field has been pretty great the past few years. Um Anaya Ashley got second women uh uh So, Stig, it's a second women's with 1.75 meters. Is that high
1: jump? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Uh, It might have been high jump, actually. Um, I I have all these notes, and I very quickly wrote that down. Um, Mm.
0: Uh, I'll move on. David Ajamas uh, got second in triple jump, uh, 15.65 meters. Arden LaRose with a personal best of –
1: uh, oh, personal best in the mile run. Oh, how about that? That's nice. God damn, mile run just that that sounds terrible to me. Um, i um,
0: yeah, long distance running is tough. As someone who does long distance running, I can't I see some of these numbers and I'm like, I can't even attempt five minutes and nine
1: seconds. <laughs> nope. By the way, we should clarify. So this was the this was the PNC uh, Louisville meet. Um, the uh, what is it? Lenny Lyle's Invitational. Um, so this is so last uh, meet that they had the Jimmy Cairns Invitational. That was more of like some schools in the state of Florida. It was like UCF, UNF, Southeast University, whoever. Um, this was a much more competitive field of schools. That like Louisville, Memphis was there uh georgia tech a bunch of more traditional uh track and field programs were there so this was a much more difficult field of of events for the the track and field team um uh and yes uh anaya ashley second in the high jump at okay. 1.75 excellent uh, so they had two first place
0: winners on the men's side and then the women's four by 400 relay one. They got the second fac- fastest time in USF history, which we're uh, writing all these roundups last year. It, they were routinely winning the four by 400 with different teams. And the record book has to be within the last couple of years because they, they just keep rewriting it. And I see Shania Benjamin's on that team again, and she is incredible. But again, the four by 400 second fastest in USF history, rewriting the record books and they got first place in this as well um so as the short term as the short running goes speed running they are really uh doing much better than in years past right so three first
1: first place finishes is is great yeah and 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 it's usually once they get past like the the mile like once, once you get past like the 400 meter, actually that's when they usually historically struggle. So like 1600 meters, 2000 Same, meter, 4,000 yeah. meters, that's when they start to struggle. But all the cross country stuff? stuff. Yeah. yeah I, I don't blame them. Um, but overall uh, plenty of, of, of uh, top 10 finishes for the track and field team again, against really good competition um, from around the Southeast. So uh, nothing to scoff at, nothing to be, um, you know, they're, they're improving steadily. And that's the most important part. And I was trying to stall so that I could pull up when their next meet is, um, and it didn't work out in my favor, so I'm just now chatting. They are... I think they're going to Harvard. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to Harvard. Harvard on Hillsborough versus Harvard. Yeah, big big matchup here. Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) February 3rd, uh, so this Friday, they're heading up to Harvard for the Harvard Crimson Elite. It's in Boston. Um, If I recall correctly, this event is done alongside like a bunch of other uh, New England schools. So I think Boston university, like each school hosts like a separate event. Um, So like, I think Harvard does more of the track. No Harvard does like the field events. And then like BU does the, the track events or something along those lines. And so USF will have, it's all taking place in Boston, but they'll have like different, you know, segments done uh, around this steady, whatever it is. It's really cool. Um, it's something that I know the team obviously looks forward to, um, to go up there for a little bit. So they've got that this Friday and Saturday. Uh, so we'll have that roundup and hopefully they have some good showings there. Um, this one, again, is a more competitive field. A lot of new England schools, a lot of, uh, big 10 schools will compete and big 10 is historically really good, uh, track programs there. Mm
0: -hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's two, two different events that happen in Boston. Um, hopefully it's not, you know, super cold. And the Chiefs just won, so MVS has the ability to win a ring. Okay, there's three seconds left. All bets are off. And what's uh, the score? Twenty-three twenty. Three seconds left. KC. Um, so, uh, obviously, next week is February, but February 9th, softball starts, and baseball is not too far behind.
1: Baseball yeah, starts nineteen
0: days. Yeah, if I remember quickly. Yeah. That sports are exciting. Uh, but yeah, so that's what's coming up this week. That's what ended up uh, happening the past week and change. Sorry for the weird scheduling on this with all the sports that are going on. We're trying to find the right amount of time to talk about everything. And this ended up being the best. Also, my schedule is really wacky last weekend this week. So uh, apologies for that. But everybody's favorite segment, fellas and bellas. Let's get it. Vito. So- my Bella of the week is Dulcie Fanka Mangiadu. Did I say it right? Yeah. Excellent. Um, just secured her 1000th career rebound and her 50th double-double and is a walking double-double every time she walks into the arena. Um, she has absolutely killed it this year and the past three games that we discussed, no less – uh I'm, I'm excited to see what she does in the uh, the rest of this season and put her up against some top competition because Dulcie has really killed it for USF. It's been a great find to get her to transfer from Memphis. And I – one of the better basketball players I've seen play. She's fun to watch. She's exciting to watch. Um, let's see what she does the rest of the year, but just walking double-double. She'll Seriously. always get 10 rebounds. She'll always score 15 points, just – it's just what's going to happen. So, Dulcie, thank him. is my Bella of the week and change. Just
1: She's <laughs> inevitable. That's what it is. That's all you can really say. Uh, before we get to the Bella of the week, uh, yes, uh, there is a USF baseball kind of like uh, tailgate slash party slash kickoff thing um, this Sunday, uh, February 5th at Paddy Wagons uh, over by USF. So, oh, yeah, yeah, we need a Fels and Bellas theme song. Um, so yeah, February 5th at Paddy Wagons, um, those guys, the Bruin at McEwen, Bruin at McEwen guys uh, mm-hmm. do a fantastic job of keeping up with all of the bad sports. Probably going to do a much better job than we are, uh, so we might have to bring them on here for once in a while. But uh, they they know their shit. Uh, they know how well this team is going to perform this year. They have a really deep, really talented roster. Uh, like we kind of mentioned before, wasn't very hyped picked uh in the conference by the other coaches uh cliff godwin did give his lone first place vote that he can't vote for himself to usf i don't know if that was like he uh, just you know pick one on the list or something like that because ecu is going to be the best team by far but you know that's at least worth something a first place vote is is always nice um i went back and forth on this one for like 15 minutes trying to figure out who the fucking fellow of the week was going to be. I don't want to give it to a men's basketball player as much as I love them. Tyler Harris going for a career high 33 points against UCF is forever going to be one of my favorite things ever is just the curse of UCF at the Yingling center. But I can't in good conscience, choose one of them because of other things. (laughs) And, uh, men's tennis, uh, not, not consistent enough for me this past week. Um, Alvin being ranked in the top 70 is fantastic. Bruno had some good showings. Elijah Cham, Clutch is all hell. Uh, But I have to give it to Kobe Bavin. Personal best on pole vaults. Always fantastic. Getting first place, securing that dub for uh, track and field there. Uh, And he was the the cover athlete for the uh, little write-up that they did. So looking very good there. Yeah. He, he no longer has the mustache. He he has the full beard going right now, and it's it's still as handsome as ever. So he is absolutely <laughs> the fellow of the week. Um, God, seventeen feet? Are you kidding me?
0: I <laughs> I'm on a ladder at twenty, you know, fifteen feet, and I'm like, nope, <laughs> a sixteen foot ladder. Can't imagine pole vaulting that high. That's terrible. Crazy. I would love to see some of these events happen. I know there's not like always a way to watch them outside of the running sports, but I'm just, I'm, I'm always interested in seeing what these, you know, what these athletes, like how you get hyped up beforehand. Do you have time before you go and do the thing? Is there a bit like, do you, do you accidentally skip on with the pull? I don't know. There's questions that I have that I'd like to ask one of these. I know,
1: we, I know it happens every year, but there absolutely needs to be like an average Joe at like these types of things. like, Coach Jenkins, if you're watching and you're listening, <laughs> let a couple
0: up. yeah, let a couple jabronis like us just go and try to do some of this stuff.
1: Right, just we'll 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 help your team warm up a little bit. Put me on like the put me on 200 meter hurdles and see what I'm able to do. <laughs> no. uh, put me on high jump next to Romain Beckford and see 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 who's going to jump higher. I bet <laughs> I'll, I bet I'll shock the world here. But like it's just. I I had the utmost. I know we 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 joke about like the cross country and how bad USF is at at some of the running sports sometimes, but like, fuck man, that shit's hard. Oh, absolutely, (laughs) running in Florida is just impossible.
0: Um, Yeah, we always talked about doing the Balloon Olympics, so we should (laughs) get it set up. Who runs the fastest forty out of all of us? It's probably sneaky, like Nate. Nate like
1: is like probably deceptively fast. Nate gets moving, then he hits, just an absolute. Burner, 22 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> we all run oh, a, a brisk 5-5. Brisk.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, Um, so Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Austin Ryder and former USL quarterback Chris Oladokin are going to be playing for Super Bowl. Hopefully... Chris Oladokin, that's right. We claim him. We do. I don't, we absolutely I don't know if anyone was paying attention to all the drama around like Jalen Hurts and who claims him and everything like that. I'm claiming anyone that visited the University of South Florida. Oh you didn't even have to go, to go here. If they That's visited, hilarious. I'm claiming them. They're all mine. Vito, I think we hit uh, I think we've hit the talk point at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm surprised all there's right. still seven of you watching, listening. <laughs> Love it, guys. Love it. Um yeah, so for uh for us, for veto myself, Robert Steaglife for the Daily Stampede. Uh, As a friendly reminder, uh, please follow us on Twitch. If you follow us and you send me or Vito or Nate or Seth or any of the guys or even the house account a message and screenshot, we will let you into the Daily Stampede Discord. There is a lot of good stuff, as you can hear, happening in the Discord. Mm -hmm. A lot of recruiting nuggets for USF football, a lot of discussions around uh, the, the various sports that are going on. A lot of good things are happening in there quite a good community of things. We have a, a good few channels about food and traveling and wrestling and then any other special interest that yeah, you have. So we,
0: we just have, you know, g- general football chat or general game chat. People are talking hockey. Seth was talking Royal rumble last night with a few people. It's your standard discord stuff, right? We have a good time there. So if you want to be part of the community, we definitely, uh make sure you follow us and then go ahead and DM us because that's how we know. Otherwise, we don't know who followed who because everyone's got weird Twitch handles. So uh yeah. make sure you do both and then yeah, join. And then we're, you know, we're we have a suggestions box. We're just adding new things as we go. That's the cool thing about that. Is anybody who uh, wants to talk about something. I mean, the travel talk's been great. Now everyone and restaurants, everyone's talking about restaurants or places to go to brunch. We had a question who what's your favorite brunch place? Who makes the best Cuban sandwich? Stieg went to Flan Factory the other day. Flan, sorry, Flan Factory the other day. Flan, Flan. Flaners Factory. And we were talking about, uh, you know,
1: delicious, delicious food. It's great. It's fantastic. But for both of us, uh, go Bulls. Go Bulls. Adios.